Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, Prano. Hello, Andy. Happy post Super Bowl Fifty Five, Joey. Happy Monday. This yeah. we every sports show in the history of sports podcasts says it every year. This should be a holiday. It's ridiculous that you know people have to go to work today post Super Bowl. It's crazy. Make make Super Bowl money. Or honestly, I've seen the move Super Bowl to Saturday. I don't hate that either. But just Super Bowl Sunday, obviously, is such a phrase at this point. They would never make this a holiday. Andy, we have so much to get into. But before we get into anything, you know, a lot. I've 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 got a lot coming at me. The last couple of days, a lot of people say you're a hater. You're a non-believer. You don't give credit where credit's due. Like now it's time for you to take your L. And so here I'm here to take it. I did not believe in your third grade basketball team winning the championship, Andy. <laughs> and you overcame and you guys won it all and credit where credit's due. You guys earned a championship. You were down and out. And I got to say, Andy, you guys, you, you, you sent me pictures of of your squad not a whole lot of like chiseled adonises on your <laughs> squad it's a ragtag bunch it's a lot of kids who i don't know if they would get to get invitations to the combine a lot of guys who look like at best they're splitting time in college and i gotta say even though you didn't score any baskets even though you didn't personally grab any rebounds i feel like you guys I feel like you and your coaching staff put them in a system, taught them how to win. And wherever these kids go from here, I feel like you're responsible for every championship that happens in the rest of their athletic lives, because you gave them the basis for that. You, you taught them everything. They never won anything before you. And now you're responsible for everything that comes on after this. You know, Joe, it's pretty amazing that you would take, our amazing run, four wins in three days, the playing game. The only team that had to win the playing game, excuse me, and then we win and we win our tournament. It's amazing that you would connect that and also take a dig at the goat, Tom Brady. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what you're talking. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm I'm this is only to lift you and your coaching staff up for giving these guys the skills and the attitude to win championships, not only now, but wherever they go next. Well, look, I will get into our miraculous run because I really want to, but, and I don't know, listen, I, you haven't, you haven't told me any details. No, I don't know if the refs handed you this game. I don't know if there was controversy. I don't know anything. I just know you took this from a two and five basketball team to champions you, well, you hoisted the trophy we did and it felt really great yesterday 
He hoisted it about two and a half hours before the Super Bowl. But I want to talk the Super Bowl first. We will. Okay. We okay. Will, you want to come? I, I was trying to put the important stuff first, but if you want to do Super Bowl first, we can do that. I, you know, the third grade Immaculate Heart of Mary basketball team is an important discussion because the dirt balls and you who have not heard any of it so far, I told you I was going to wait for the show to tell you how the final game went, the championship game. It, you couldn't script it crazier. And when you hear all the things that went down, you're going to do blinking guy meme. But I do want to get into the Super Bowl because obviously that's what is on all of our minds. It's the most fresh event. And well, before holy we, cow, just before holy. We, yeah, I, I was going to say before we talk about all the aspects of this game, the legacy talk, the the everything, the refs, the blah, blah, blah. Can I, I want before we start digging in and giving like our side of how do you agree with me that this game was awful? Like it was just a not enjoyable Super Bowl. The first half was like I enjoyed it a lot. You really did? I did. I the, I feel like the first half you- was a giant flag. It was just a big penalty flag. They're doing literally profiles on the referees. Here's why I enjoyed it. It was a 90s Super Bowl, 20-point difference, no flow to the game whatsoever. I mean, I I don't normally give a shit about commercials and the halftime show anyway, so like that stuff doesn't really – I'm here for the game. I mean, the the general consensus where I was was this was not an enjoyable football game. Okay, well, me, I enjoyed it because the game plan of – the Bucks from start to finish. I, in my lifetime, this is why I enjoyed it. I can't remember such a team win. And I know there's been them that they've happened. But my point is, like, it was such a complete game from all sides of the ball. The coaching, the strategies on offense, the strategies on defense, everything clicked, and they truly played their best game of the year. Yeah, and you and you have to do that to beat Patrick Mahomes and Andy well, Reid. I, th- I think the defensive strategy was brilliant. Worked, worked so well. And, you know, we talked about prior to the game, the ability of them to get to Patrick Mahomes. And it kind of played out exactly as I thought it would, which is they're going to get to Mahomes. If they get to Mahomes, he's just so elusive. He's going to get away. He's under pressure the whole game. They don't sack him until the third quarter, but he's constantly under pressure. But I think the thing that they did that was that made it really a defensive win was that they get to him, they pressure him, he moves, but they do it without blitz. They blitz five times in the whole game. Yeah, so they do it without blitzing. So he it, he does get away throughout the whole game. He's getting away. He's escaping early in the game. He breaks through the the rushing yards prop six plays into their end of the game. He goes over in the 19 yards that they had him at. He keeps escaping for first downs to start the game. And then there's just no one open because they're, they're, they're rushing four. So the idea that they're getting pressure on him to move him off his spots without blitzing anybody, except for five plays, the whole game. That's to me, that's the, the entire game. Well, I know I agree. Like, look, man, the the defense, everybody, DBs, D line, linebackers, they all just played amazing. They were, 
you know, Kelsey had over 100 yards, but they were draped all over him. The linebackers, right. they weren't there wasn't the Tyreek Hill catches it and he's gone or Hardman. You know, those guys are so fast. Hardman Hill, all those guys, they can just catch it and be gone. There wasn't that they might have their chunk plays. And I got to say in, in they played a great game defensively and I'm not making, making any excuses for the chiefs because I don't think, first of all, I don't think saying Andy Reed is as bad at parenting as he is at managing his timeouts is like an excuse for the chiefs team. But like they made no adjustments offensively. They didn't do like Andy Reed straight up was out coached and you know, everybody wants to say Eric B Eric B Well, this is why he should be an offense coordinator. And I've said the whole time, Andy Reed is the play caller. So, you know, how much credit can you give to an offense coordinator? Who's just standing there, but Andy Reed, Mr. Screen Pass, isn't running any screens. Mr. Jet Sweep isn't running any jet sweeps. They're barely running the ball. And I like, again, I just feel like, in addition to being having a great game plan from Tampa Bay, there was never an adjustment made. And, you know, again, I don't want to make excuses. Like, how much of this is. This is the first Andy Reid being Andy Reid game we've seen in the Patrick Mahomes era. Yeah, look, there was a lot of mistakes on the Chiefs, on the coaches, on the refs. Like, I think it just, it all encompassed, you know, the whole game, right? And and, and here's the thing about the refs. Like, I think the, the way this game played out in the end, Tampa Bay's winning this game kind of no matter what. Yeah. Although, you know, five, they say five big plays in every football game. But what I think the refs did, and I'm just going to say it again, I didn't enjoy this Super Bowl. I think the refs robbed us of potentially a fun game to watch. With, And, and I've said it on this show going back three months now. I've seen no paperwork. I've seen no statement. I've seen no tweets from Adam Schefter or some rules nerd that say that says we have changed the uncatchable rule, but they straight up don't call it anymore. Tom Brady threw a ball into the stands and they got a guy for a illegal contact when the ball was already out of his hands and, and Mike Evans is standing at the, at the zero yard line. Like, well, I, I don't even know how that's, possibly a penalty well look in my opinion i don't like the no catch personally i don't, you don't like, like what uncatchable i don't like that because dude if you hold the guy you hold the guy like but you are correct that is in the rule book if it's uncatchable so so I, i'm not disagreeing with you i'm just saying I, personally i don't like like if you grab the guy you hold the guy in the th- like i i don't know you know why this is exactly why, Joe. I don't like that rule of your point. Now we're letting a ref decide was that or wasn't catchable when that one's clearly uncatchable, right? It's clearly, clearly it's clearly uncatchable. And but, and and the but but also the other thing with that specific play is the ball's out of Brady's hands at the exact same time as the illegal contact. So he's throwing that ball to the out of the back of the end zone to a guy who's simultaneously being illegally contacted. At the goal line, 
it's just like I'm not even sure. Like, forget uncatchable. Like, I'm not even sure that's the like. Is it illegal holding if you've already thrown the ball? The again, like I said, I think a lot of things happened. The Chiefs didn't play their best game. Andy Reid, like you said, went full Andy Reid. The refs didn't play a good game, and all that boiled. You know, all that was rolled up, I should say, into a ball. And, and, and that's what happened. And on the other side, I, again, I can't reiterate the game plan. Everybody talks about the enemy like you brought up. The job Todd Bowles and Byron Lefwich did calling this game from both sides of the ball. It, it, it couldn't have been a better game plan. And then when they got the lead, they fed playoff Lenny the ball. And Fournette had a great game. Brady didn't have to do anything in the second half. I think I think he threw for 46 yards. Right. He didn't have to do anything. And let's not forget, they were stopped at the one-yard line. You know, if that doesn't happen, they're, they're going into halftime 28-6. to six. Right. I mean, you know, that's in terms of uh, absolutely, because that was just a straight-up play. But there's also a 14-point swing during that first half on what, what can only be described as questionable penalties. I mean, the, the Tom Brady, how many Tom Brady picks are going to get called back for illegal contact at this point. And, and listen, I can hate on teams. I don't like, I can hate on players. I don't like, I can hate on refs, but I also sit back and I go, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down this path just to be a hater. But when Tony Romo and I mean, Jim Nance, Jim Nance has never raised his voice in the history of calling a sporting event. If Jim Nance is sitting in the booth going, I don't know about that one, Tony, like, the, that that pick, the Tom Brady pick early in the game, and that those are momentum shifting game game plays. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I also think again, this was such a team win. I agree. I I say I say, and you said it too. Like I think the Bucks win, but I think that they robbed us of a, what was potentially a good game. I didn't now, enjoy the game. It was just a flag. It was just one giant, especially the first half. Well, again, I think I enjoyed it because I was watching a team pick apart Goliath. And 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 no one saw this coming. I mean, no one saw Patrick uh, Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, could- Joe, Joe, Patrick Mahomes at one point, at various points of the game, here's some quick stats. I just remember them showing off the top of my head. He was two of ten at one point. Yeah. He was, he was, this was in the fourth quarter, I believe. They showed it. He was 0 of eight on third down. Patrick Mahomes played his worst game possibly of his life. No, it was. I, if, if, I don't know if you read any of the articles. He didn't play a game this poorly in college. And he obviously hasn't played a game this poorly in the pros. But even with that, I want to say this about Mahomes, even with that uh, poor game. God damn, he's still so good. Like, like, like even with Patrick Mahomes, I just want people to understand this too, about how good he is. Even with his poor game, those two incompletions, I don't know how he threw the ball when he's getting tackled. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, even in his, again, in quotes, worst game, this isn't me knocking Mahomes. This is me saying how good he is. Even in his worst game, he made throws. They might, have, they might not have gotten caught, but throws I've never seen before, no one's ever done before. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and even in the two and 10, even before the end of the game, I mean, the, the number of throws he made where he was scrambling and it's exactly what I thought would happen from their standpoint with, with multiple offensive linemen out, obviously losing Fisher last week, losing Schwartz weeks ago, 
who's, you know, arguably their best offensive lineman. Um, and they keep going and they keep going. But like, I knew that they would have him off his spots, but I was like, but that's where he excels. Excels. Yeah. And, And the fact that they get him off his spot without blitzing anybody, I think is like the, you know, the one strategy that they, you know, implemented that was really the game changer. Yeah. They can move him while they can still have multiple guys on certain play. You know, you can still be doubling Kelsey. You can still be like, you're rushing four guys on a five man offensive line with a, you know, a quarterback back there. That's, that's leaving two extra guys to cover players downfield. Yeah. We, I, I want to play this real quick. Uh, we actually had a, a great call from Maddie G before the game. And uh, I want to play this for all the dirt balls. This was Maddie calling before the game. Yeah. Maddie Goldberg here calling in to say, I think Tom Brady's trying to fucking win the Super Bowl, man. Yeah. I got 37 cents. 30 doesn't throw an interception. Maddie G put 37 cents on it. Good for you, Maddie. Big win by Maddie G. Plus the 50 I gave him. He's uh, like, I have a feeling Maddie is taking the $50 that I sent him from Venmo, depositing in his bank account. He's taking, you know, he's taking 15 dogs for a walk to the bank. He's getting that, he's getting that uh, $50 in pennies. He's putting it into his little RV cubby and he's swimming around in it like fucking Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Yeah, this is five thousand pennies, baby. I got big blinds for a year, baby. He must- I actually, what's funny is, I won money on the Super Bowl, and I won a significant amount of money. I made a ton of prop bets. Tell me what you got, Joe. I want to hear. I I only won two bets, but I I went heavy on the under twice. I went heavy. I went on the under. Uh, right when it came out, it was at 56 and a half. No game has ever settled um, above 56. So I was like, it's going to come down. I'm going to bet the under. I bet the under big early. And then I bet the under again, closer to game time, because I, I deposited some money uh, on behalf of a friend uh, so I can make some bets for a buddy. And I had leftover money in there. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take my leftovers. I'm going to throw it on the under as well. So Big under hit, way under. And then I had Gronk first touchdown at oh, 11 wow. to 1. Wow. 11 to 1. I went, I, after all the, the props we went, I went uh, uh, Hardman and Gronk first TD. Gronk comes in at 11 to 1. And then, of course, uh, the other, the smaller bets I won, just a little extra change, is uh, the sack before TD which was a no brainer. Um, so, you know, a, a couple minor props, but the big hitters tons on the under and the big Gronk, I mean, Gronk gets two of them. And I knew, I knew that if they got down there early in the game, if they had a chance to score first, that Brady was going to feed his boy. And if you look at it, I mean, I know everybody wants to shit on Jameis Winston and I am the like, no one wants to shit on Jameis Winston more than me. And I think nothing is more proof that Jameis Winston is a joke than getting rid of Jameis Winston and immediately winning the Super Bowl. But Tom Brady fed the guys who came with him. Every single player 
that scored a point in this football game was joined this team to join Tom Brady. Gronk, Fournette, Antonio Brown. He went, he, he, you know, he fed those guys. Yeah. But I also, to me, that's, this is where we might disagree. That's the Brady factor, man. Like Brady gets Gronk out of retirement. Brady, Brady gets Gronk. I'm sorry, gets Antonio Brown on board to not go completely psycho for half a season. He gets right. Bruce Arians to agree to bring AB in. Fournette wants to, that, that's my point. Like, I like guys want to play. It's just like with LeBron. Guys want to play with Brady, man. I, listen, I said this, I already said this two weeks ago. Like this, this, that's not trash. That's not a negative yeah. of Brady. You're a clown if you've ever said, and then it's a super team. Oh, cool. I don't remember Dan Marino getting Mark Bavaro to join the Dolphins. I don't remember Dan Marino get, getting Barry Sanders come out of retirement to you know save his career. Like that's it's not super team. It's smart. That's smart. You you have holes in your offense. You join a team that you think the defense and the offensive line is in place, which everybody knows is where you have to start. You're smart. You're smart for doing that. Yeah, no, exactly. I agree. And I also agree about the Jameis thing. It's, it's, you know, our, our friend Jameis one of one can say whatever he wants, but the, the fact remains the difference well, is Tom honestly, Brady. I haven't, I haven't looked at what our friend Jameis one of one has says. All I know is this. Oh, oh, I have. I had all, to look last night. Forget all the Jameis stats. Forget all the Tom Brady is the goat of the Super Bowl era. Like, I've seen his things over the past. The one most important thing you have to remember about the clown, the absolute size 47 shoe wearing clown. And honestly, if you guys follow him, I hope you're, do, you're either doing I don't Honestly, I don't even care if you're doing it ironically. Stop following Jameis one of one. Uh. He trashed Bruce Arians the whole time. He trashed Bruce Arians. Like, he loved Bruce Arians for, for what he did with Jameis. The second Bruce Arians threw Jameis under the bus, Bruce Arians is a clown. Bruce Arians is a terrible coach. Bruce Arians, you know, has ruined quarterbacks. What's everybody ever done with Bruce Arians? Meanwhile, Tom Brady knew exactly what Bruce Arians was. Bruce Arians is responsible for Carson Palmer's resurgence. What has Big Ben done without Bruce Arians? Like, Bruce Arians has a track record in the league of being a great coach. Tom Brady knew that Tom Brady went there. The idea that Jameis one of one was a Bruce Arians trasher in the end after, by the way, calling for them to hire Bruce Arians originally. It just shows you that that guy for all of his bullshit stands for absolutely nothing. He loved Bruce Arians until Bruce Arians said Jameis Winston was the problem. Then Bruce Arians is a joke and an asshole and a diva coach and whatever. The bottom line is Bruce Arians said, our problem is quarterback. We don't have a leader. He said it multiple times yesterday. I don't even, in, in, in a way it felt like he was trolling Jameis Winston and Jameis one of one. Every time it was like, what was the difference in this team? It's like, we had a good team. We just needed a leader. He straight up is saying Jameis Winston was not a leader. The end. And so Jameis one of one could say whatever he wants, but Bruce Arians now has a Lombardi trophy because he said, I don't have a leader. The end. Yeah. And, and what I like about Bruce too is, is, is Bruce Arians puts a good staff around him 
like I was saying, with Leftwich and Bulls. And he lets those guys call the shots. And that, again, was the epitome of a team win. And at this point, I'm just going to get into it and say it. At this point, if you are an anti-Brady guy or if you want to pick apart, he didn't have the gaudy stats. He threw 201 yards, but he didn't need to. Now, did Brady deserve the MVP? I would technically, I would say no. And I tweeted that I would give it to Devin Bush because to me, the defense won this game and Devin Bush was, I'm sorry, not Devin Bush. Uh, Losing my mind. Uh, Devin white, White. Devin white. And Devin white was the best player on defense yesterday, all around as far as tackles, tackles for loss interception. So personally, I would give that MVP to Devin white, but Joe, there are people out there who want to pick apart this shit. And at this point to me, I you're, you're dead to me as a sports analyst. If you legitimately think Brady hasn't earned his status through seven rings, through all his stats, if you want to pick apart his stuff and there's people out there who do that, you know, former people of the show, like Barry McCockner, like I, Barry will never be on the show ever again. I'm just saying it. No, I'm just saying it. You will never be on the show because you're, you're just a loser who can't accept defeat. And I'm sick of that shit. I mean, the thing with Barry is just accept the L. I love that the whole I love that we this is this is what we're calling, uh, you know, anonymous, faceless Internet Mm -hmm. troll segment. We just did Jameis one of one. We're doing Barry. Here's the thing about Barry versus a guy like Jameis one of one is Jameis one of one has this. Bruce Arians idol complex. Then Bruce Arians is the worst. Barry hates Tom Brady, but I'll give Barry one thing. And I don't follow Barry. And I've, I've actually never followed Barry because it's just like, what? Like, okay. But when, when I check in on Barry, the one thing, and I feel like this is the one thing that Andy Ruther's got to appreciate him. He only lives in facts. He does only give you statistical facts. He he covers them in a berry syrup of Brady hate, but he does give you only, he does deal only in statistics. He, he does, but it, it's cherry picking to the extent of like, take somebody like Mahomes. Mahomes is obviously the best quarterback in the NFL. He's obviously the most athletic we've ever seen hands down. Again, go back to incomplete passes that he got off right to the wide receiver freak you're a freak of nature i've never seen anything like that but also how many times just like brady with all those great things about mahomes right has he done the quick dump to tyreek hill or mccall harman or sammy Watkins, and then they go 66 yards i mean i think i think the thing with that's all that's all i'm saying right i think the thing with brady and for guys like mccockner and and how you compare him to and I've never trashed Tom Brady in this regard is Tom Brady's not going to show up in the Super Bowl and have a 65 quarterback rating. He's just not going to do it. And listen, quarterback rating is a is a terrible stat, but like there's also a bar where you go like if you didn't have a 70 quarterback rating, you didn't play a good game even as shitty as a stat as it is. And I think Mahomes rating was 75 last night or something like that, or it was in the seventies. That's for sure. 
Tom Brady goes 125. Again, it's a terrible stat, but the point is, is like, I wouldn't use it to judge somebody's entire career, but on a one game, like in, in 20 point blocks, if you're in the 60 to 80 range, you probably didn't play that great. If you're in the 80 to hundred range, you probably played well enough to win. If you played in the hundred to 120 range and you won, you did your job. Tom Brady, whether it's now again, he, this game was one game, one Super Bowl game with the Bucks. He obviously had all his other Super Bowl appearances with a guy who's never going to get out coached and never going to put him in a situation like that. Um, but Patrick Mahomes is the greatest talent we've ever seen at quarterback and has had the greatest start, but he still came out and threw up, you know, a mediocre Super Bowl game. A bad for him for sure Super Bowl game. Yeah. And so we can we can talk about you know and I'm happy uh, not that I ever exchange anything with Barry McCockner but I'm happy to talk and I go back and forth with tons of dirt balls as well in terms of what you know the the games Brady has had in the Super Bowl the games Brady has had in the playoffs the games whatever but like the the credit you got to give Tom Brady is he's not going to come out and take a dump especially in the Super Bowl and that's important you know, you can be Patrick Mahomes, the greatest talent we've ever seen. And you could be another guy, Barry McCockner hates in Eli Manning, who he goes down the, his whole truth or fact wormhole of, you know, trying to discredit as an Eagles fan, why Eli Manning sucks, but Eli Manning's not going to come take a dump in the Super Bowl. There's guys who are just, you know, the, the clutch is a thing. It's a thing. Dan Marino for all his stats, he, he has a 60 something quarterback rating in his entire playoff career well i agree for for, you know we always talk game manager game manager game manager i can say tom brady's the goat which i gave everybody two weeks ago and i can also say tom brady is the greatest game manager of all time but that's also the job of a quarterback you're the point guard of the basketball team magic johnson's stats are not mind-blowing Magic Johnson's Mr. 12, 12, and 12. And he's winning, you know, finals MVPs because he's running. He is, the, he is the time, and the rest of the guy is the show. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. That's all that matters is winning. And the quarterback, how many times are we going to hit at home, is obviously the most important position on the team. And like I said, Brady didn't have gaudy numbers. He had a really good first half. He didn't have to do as much in the second half because they had the lead and they were feeding Fournette. But that's my point, Joe, about anybody, anybody in mainstream media. Dude, this is where I, I'm the same way about the LeBron thing where I get so defensive because this, this idea, I, this is what I hate about just people in general. And it gets me worked up. They just can't take losses. It's, it's, it's these idiots who are bitching about the election. Are you hearing that? Yeah, I'm gonna turn that off. Sorry, uh, as I was just about to go into a great rant, but no, it's 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 like these idiots bitching about the election, or it's the partisan politics. To me, it's the same thing, dude. Take the yell. It's it's the people who say LeBron will never be better than Jordan. What, what the fuck does that mean? Never. If yeah. LeBron wins six titles and finishes with the most points, he's not better. 
you're 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 out of my like you're out of my life if you start doing that talk. And that's why I'm getting worked up because I see these people and they don't want to admit when they're wrong. You're like a dude who gets dumped and doesn't think he's been dumped. You've been dumped, man. I'm wrong all the fucking time. Just admit it. Like, like I, I don't understand why that's so difficult. I mean, I think I think the thing is is that people, you know, they when when judging this stuff, everybody weighs things differently. To me, and listen, he's got a Super Bowl loss. Let's forget. First of all, Tom Brady's got Super Bowl three Super Bowl losses as well. But Patrick Mahomes starts out. He's got a Super Bowl loss. The thing about a guy like Patrick Mahomes, right? Let's say Patrick Mahomes plays 10 more years and, and has exactly what he's done so far. And he comes out of it with four Super Bowls, a couple Super Bowl losses, and all these numbers. It, like, to me, he's the greatest of all time because he takes that team. And, and like, it's, it is Patrick Mahomes. And that's proof of it yesterday. If Patrick Mahomes can't Patrick Mahomes... The Chiefs score are scoring fucking nine points. We have seen Tom Brady go into Super Bowls and throw for 121 yards and, and Venetira kicks a field goal for the win. That is not the position Patrick Mahomes is in with the Chiefs. That is not the position LeBron James is in on any team. So it's when people weigh these things. Seven, seven's the most important. Seven's all that matters. Seven's all that matters. Six is all that matters. Kobe's got five. He's the second best player of all time. No one considers 11 for Russell. No one considers, you know, this for this guy, this for this guy, this for this guy. If, if you're just ring counting, then why, why, why even watch? Just wait till the end of the year. See who gets the ring and say that, that that's the best player in the league. But if you're, if you're taking all these things together, everybody is on the Andy Reid is a good coach train. Okay, Andy Reid didn't do shit without Patrick Holmes. He didn't do shit. He lost a bunch of big games. That's what that's what Andy Reid did. He's been in more Super Bowls in the last two seasons than he was in his entire career before Patrick Mahomes. Like Mahomes is is the Chiefs. Who's Tyreek Hill? Travis Kelsey was pretty good before, but like. Who's McCall Hardman? Who's any who are, Sammy Watkins was a bust. Who are any of He Patrick Mahomes is that team. So the idea that the only way Patrick Mahomes catches Tom Brady is he's got to win seven. To me, that's ludicrous. But but it's there's so many more factors to me in terms of what is greatness, what is goatness, what is whatever, as opposed to your championship legacy. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, there's a lot of factors and or else Robert Ori's the fucking goat. You know what I mean? Like, come yeah. on. And he tweeted it yesterday. And and like, I think Robert Ori knows, you know, he's like, ah, p- fucking Tom Brady joining me, joining the seven rings club. He's joking. Sure. It's just he, obviously he knows it's fucking Hakeem. He knows it's Tim Duncan. But again, it's just it's just frustrating for me. The main part is just people not just admit when you're wrong. Like, like. Dude. Your girlfriend just fucked the dude again and she did it again and she did it again and she did it's and it's like you're going back to her. What are you doing? Admit you were wrong to keep dating her or being married to her or whatever it is. It always goes back to sex with me, doesn't it? But I've but I said last week 
Tom Brady, just like I did when Peyton Manning did it, just like I, you know, as a young kid, we did it with Joe Montana. He leaves the Chiefs immediately win their first playoff game and and don't win another playoff game for 20 years. Like you see what guys do to other teams. Tom Brady did that. That got him my goat. He did it without Belichick. That got him the goat. Okay. We've done it. But and in fair, like Jameis one of one is a clown. And Barry's a clown too. But Barry can also say Tom Brady's the luckiest QB of all time and also be right. Look, I, look, I'm not putting things in a vacuum, right? I think things can exist together, right? Brady's had a lot of great fortune and luck, sure. I, I'm not, I'm not dismissing that. I mean, Tom Brady's got more fucking, you know, back-breaking Super Bowl and AFC Championship and NFC Championship interceptions called back on ticky-tacky, uh, you know illegal contact then then Dan Marino's got fucking playoff games played like I, I mean it's 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 legendary at this point I think I find myself rooting for Brady it's just I don't know I just love see guys who just like it's just it, it, it's it's the same way I like LeBron right it's like when is it gonna end right you know I'm watching the Lakers Nuggets what was it Friday or Saturday night and I'm hearing Reggie Miller talk about that. And it's like, when is this going to end? You know what I'm saying, Joe? It's like, it's the same way with Brady where how many seasons are these guys going to play at this level? And, and to not appreciate that you're just a dick. Like you're just a dick. I mean, listen, you can appreciate it and also be offended by comparing LeBron James to Tom Brady to me. And this is where I say, like you said, nothing's a vacuum. Like uh, it's a little bit joking about Barry can say, Tom Brady's like luck is what is luck? Okay. Let's, you know, you know, it's, is it lucky that one of the refs named their kid after Tom Brady? I don't know if that's lucky. Like, I think that's, you know, that's also a testament to his legacy, but like LeBron James is 37 now, 36, 36, 36. LeBron James is dominating the NBA. Yeah. Tom Brady was the, you know, 11th best quarterback in football this year and then led his team to a title or whatever. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Well, even I think that obviously that's debatable. You know, I don't know where I'd put him for quarterback this year, but let me ask you. I said I'd give it to Devin White. Who would you give the MVP to? I honestly, I think I'd give it to Tom Brady. You give it to Brady. Because, and I know everybody wants to do the, everybody always wants to trash the quarterback that wins it in a defensive minded game. But I think there's a difference between, you know, the 85 bears and that Seahawks team. And the, like the Seahawks come out, they score more points on defense than the Broncos score on offense. You have a, you have a standout player. When you're talking about the most valuable player. Yeah. Devin white played great. But in those Giants Super Bowls, you had a you had one game where Tuck has a you know a sack and a forced safety, like you could say. It, but like you, it's tough because defense is a squad, and obviously offense is too. But the Bucs scored thirty one points. Tom Brady threw three touchdowns. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, 
the quarterback, you know, to me, I mean, Gronk had two. You're not going to give it to Gronk for catching, you know, a couple wide open passes, a, a three yard screen. And like, you can't give it to Gronk. If you had, you know, if you have a, a, a running back in that situation who goes for 150 and a touchdown and is responsible for grinding out the clock while you guys play good defense, that's a different story. To me, the idea, it's like, it's a quarterback's award. All these awards are quarterback's awards. Yeah. They're more important. He's more important than any single player on offense. They didn't have a huge special. They didn't have a Desmond Howard. They didn't have a, uh, you know, a huge special teams play. Yeah. Devin White steals the game with a pick, but the game's over yeah. anyway. Like, you know, if that comes up, in a different situation, maybe, but yeah, uh, to me, like the MVP people crying about the quarterbacks getting the awards. Dude, Justin Herbert broke every quarterback record and was like the fourth best quarterback in football statistically this year. He's the rookie of the year. Justin Jefferson fans. He's a great receiver. Be happy about it. Justin Herbert's the rookie of the year. Yeah. Look, I, look, I, like I said, I would vote for Devin White. I don't hate Brady getting it because obviously I agree with you as far as the quarterback being by far the most important position. I just on- think if you don't have a standout performance defensively, like uh, just saying the best guy on a defensive thing. Yeah. But, you know, did he Mike Singletary? Did he come up? With, you know, did he have 15 solo tackles in the game? Like, I don't know. I didn't look at his stats. Um, I just see, you know, what he did in the game. He's the heart and soul, but like they played pretty good defensively, you know, like all around everybody. Yeah. I mean, it really was, it, it, you know, it's a team win again. I can't reiterate if that a guy enough. has two picks, you know, we've seen that before in defensive games, guy has two interceptions. You yeah. know, we have the, we have the Woodson back in the day. I think we had on the Bucks, right? Uh, what's his yeah. name? Didn't he have two yeah. picks and got the MVP? Yeah. And had a, had a pick six, I think. Yeah. Like in those defensive games, you got to, you know, it was Malcolm Smith in the Seahawks game. He's got a, I think a pick and a fumble forced fumble. Like if you have a standout statistical performance on a defense that wins the game, that's fine. But you know, I think, I think it's Brady. Yeah. Well, my MVP for golf bags is your MVP. We agree there. The minimal golf bags are, the goat, no I, questions asked. Of golf honestly, bags. it's crazy. Like I was so excited to get these guys as a sponsor of the show. I was so excited to get a bag. Mostly, I was excited. I was like a white leather bag that, like, that's just my that's my style. Uh, a bag with my face on it. That's my this golf bag. No joke has changed my golf game. This the adjustments. I now I'm relatively new in golf. You know, so if for you big time golfers out there. Maybe it won't have as drastic an effect, but being able to set this thing up at the range with their patented camera thing has literally changed my swing. And then the other side of it is the Bluetooth speaker, the combo of swing adjustments and Bluetooth speaker playing like Tom Petty and the traveling Wilburys while I'm on the golf course has just drastically limited my meltdowns. Yeah, like a little, it, it's showed little you calming out. music. Yeah. I mean, some calming music, some cold Miller lights in the in the cooler pocket that you can put ice into like this bag <laughs> has like, 
you know, I was a plane that was out of control. This bag is like music, beer. Here's what your swing looks like. Just focus in here. It's changed my golf. Yeah, let me just go through all briefly all the great features in this minimal golf bag. And you alluded to some of these already. The patent pending phone holder filming pocket so you can film your swings and go back home and see what you need to work on. The internal stand mechanism, a four-way divider, which is two full lengths, a very it very comfortably carries 14 clubs, a backpack strap, magnetic pocket closures, love that, no zippers, lightweight micro suede, the patent pending port and portal system, and as you talked about with your Miller Lights, the thermal pocket, which you can hold up to five 16-ounce bottles or six 12-ounce cans of beer. Let me, I, I want to reiterate two things that were mentioned there. First of all, the cooler pocket. A lot of things have cooler pockets. The, I think the, the unspoken greatness of this cooler pocket, it also has drip holes. So you can put ice in there. You don't have like, you don't have to like dump this at the end. So icing your beer, as opposed to just keeping your already cold beer cold is like a game changer. And then the the magnet pocket that you don't have to remember to rezip. I don't know how many times in my very short golf career I've hit a ball into the woods, unzipped my golf pocket, gotten a new ball out, and then drove my cart away and left a trail of golf balls from the pocket that I didn't zip, like Hansel and Gretel leading people to me on the next hole. So the fact that my ball pocket just closes itself is a game changer. Yeah. It's I've said it's the Tesla of golf bags and I stand by that. It truly is. So dirt balls, check it out, order yourself one. You can get them personalized. Like I have with the dirty sports logo. Those are all available at minimalgolf.com. Once again, that's minimal golf as in M I N I M A L golf.com. And they will get you taken care of and you definitely won't regret it. And one other thing, Andy, cause uh, a lot of dirt balls have already reached out to us. Obviously, we don't have a Dirty Sports promo code. We don't have our URL that we do. You know, this is kind of their first real advertising thing. A lot of people are like, how do we make sure you guys get credit? I've just been telling people, hey, there's a notes section in your customization. In addition to giving them your initials or what kind of logo you want or whatever, if you feel so inclined and you by no means have to do this, but if you order a bag, throw in the notes section, Dirty Sports. I heard about you guys on Dirty Sports and, you know, hopefully we can keep Keep working with these guys. Yeah, it's a great call. Okay, anything else about the Super Bowl? Did we want to get into any other discussions? I, personally, I don't really care to discuss the halftime show or the commercials. Or I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really. I I don't tend to, and sometimes I will after the fact look into them. Like I didn't see any commercials that just like blew me away. Um, where did you watch the game? I watched it at my brother Greg's. Were you like, was there, were you following the commercials? Did you do that whole thing? Yeah, for the most part. It was just me, him, his wife, and uh, my nephew. But my nephew went to bed at about 7.30. So, um, you know, it was, it was just us. We, we were following most of them. But like I said, I, I put my phone on silent and I put it down. So I wasn't really looking at social media. I was just kind of enjoying the game. Um what there was a one what was the one commercial we oh we all really enjoyed the will ferrell commercial i i, I saw will ferrell on the screen a few times but i didn't i, I really barely paid attention to the commercials yeah the, the halftime show i just the, actually I mean, that, I mean i know you're i know you're a big weekend fan so yeah. did that like did it live up to the hype did you think it was that, that's when i did grab my phone that's the only time i grabbed it because i wanted to see what 
former NFL running back Larry Johnson had to say because he's I knew he was going to claim it was all uh, devil worshiping Illuminati. Oh, and thing. did he do that? Yes. Oh wow. I mean, I mean, I, mean, it, it, it I follow. Like only, it seemed like the only thing that came out of the weekend was the one GIF of him like searching around, and now people are doing. And I actually, I had, I had one written, um, but then it became such a thing that I was like, well, now it's, it's like, it's been three minutes since it's happened and it's already hack. I was going to do Tom Brady looking for a flag every time he throws an incomplete pass. Um, but it, it was already hack at that point. So I just let it be. So this is what Larry Johnson tweeted at the opening of the weekend's performance. Satan's fall from heaven with his fallen angels and ab. Ab Abaddon, I don't know how it's pronounced. It's a biblical name slash Abel coming from out of the bottomless pit. Their COVID quarantine short story of Revelation nine. <laughs> now, so is he like he's was he pro this performance or he's no. just breaking down what they're doing? That didn't seem to be like, oh, that didn't seem like to be a criticism of the thing. Yeah. And uh so, I, you know, look, I love following Larry because he says some out there shit and we've discussed some of this stuff on the show. Look, look, it's, uh, I, it's funny. I was like, I'm like, I don't follow Barry, Jameis, Larry Johnson or Bresler anymore because they're all just down. They're too far down the fucking the rabbit holes for me. But Larry Johnson, sometimes I agree with some of his points. That's the thing. Like, like this stuff is just out there. But like, sometimes I agree with it. Like he, he likes calling out a lot of uh the woke people and saying, especially like within the black community. So I, I tend to agree with, I shouldn't say I tend to agree. I'm going to correct myself. I agree with some of his points of politics, but he's so far removed. I don't know if it's a combination of he's a conspiracy theorist. He has CTE, a combination of both. I mean, we're talking about a former NFL running back. Yeah. So the guy's taking a lot of hits to his head. He thinks it was all scripted by the way. What the whole game? Yeah, and who the whole was game was scripted? Who, who was going to play? Because he he has said I think that Brady, Antonio Brown, Gronk, these guys are all part of the cult. So the cult of just I'm, just the Illuminati. Whether it's a yeah Illuminati or something else. I mean, again, he goes way down it. My question is, when people like this, like, why didn't he bet it then? Why didn't he put his whole net worth on Bucks, Chiefs, Super Bowl, Bucks win? This is, you know, this it's is a good point. everybody. It's a good point. Everybody has the thing. You know what I mean? Like I, I mentioned it last show to Maddie. You know, my manager, Randy, runs this pool and she says, you know, if Maddie had, had gotten in and put Bucks, Chiefs, Bucks win, he for sure would have won the pool. I go, yeah, but he didn't really believe that. Just every every week he's, yeah, the Bucks, I knew they were going to do it the whole time. You go, well, you hate free money. You knew they were going to do it the whole time. So I don't it's think like any, all, Joe, I don't think anybody I, like no one saw this coming. Right. Right. No one saw it coming. Now talk about things. Somebody for sure manipulated. I saw on certain sites, it was up to like 75 to one I, on, on the site. I had it at, it was only like nine to one, but some sites had a really big number on Willie streaker get on the field. And then a streaker randomly goes on the field. Fourth quarter. Like, Is that third or fourth dude, quarter? Yeah. Third or fourth. One of them. Like somebody, somebody bet that and paid that. And they're like, dude, we'll, I'll give you five grand to run on the field and I'll cover your bail. 
All you got to basically do is take a hit from a security guard. You're white, so you're, they're not going to shoot you on the field. And uh, what do you say? And this guy's probably he. I mean, talk about conspiracy. He's essentially the Richard Reed of the Super Bowl. Like Richard Reed definitely got a billion dollars from the U.S. government to like pretend to light a shoe on fire on a plane, and then they could put in fucking you know body scanners and spend four you know charge people forty trillion dollars in body scanners. Um, this guy definitely got paid to streak the field. Is he white? Is, is he a white guy though? I don't know. I don't know. If I mean, he's white. He, he doesn't he, look white he to very, me. He was well. He was very tan. Yeah. I don't think he was a black guy. Well. I'm going to play the call. We have to. It's funny you bring that up. The, the Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner call of okay. the streaker. Have you, have you heard it? I have. Yeah. But I, I love the added one, not the added one, but the full length one of Kurt Warner's comments here at the end. Uh, so this was Kevin Harlan, who's one of my favorite announcers, calling the game on Westwood One Sports. So the radio call of the streaker with Kurt Warner. Second down, 20. 5.03 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. And the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, why, oh, why is this taking place in a Super Bowl? And, Kevin, if you're going to run that far, get into the end zone. Don't slide at the one. you got to score once you got on the field. Get into the end zone, my man. Lord, now they're cuffing him. But pull up his drawers, whatever you do. 503 to go, timeout on the field. How great is that? It's great. I, I just want to say, uh, since it is 2021 now, we're very I'm uh, glad. I'm glad so, I was gonna like, say it too. Just um, go ahead. Just for a guy to wear a bra and panties, like that doesn't mean he's not a man. You know, you can be the manliest man and still take your pants off and wear a bra uh, as you streak the field. I, I think it's that was very transphobic of Kevin Harlan. And I like Kevin Harlan as much as you do. I do feel like it's only right that he gets canceled for being transphobic. I yeah. think they should take him off the air and uh, no, f- no football, no more NBA games. No, I don't. I don't think you should be able like if, if you insinuate that wearing a pink bra and showing your ass on worldwide television means that you are not manly. Uh, listen, your, your, your comments are, pretty antiquated and i think that they should leave you you know they should have left you in the 90s where your transphobia would have been you know welcome and it's not welcome here in 2021 so uh rip kevin harland canceled our first canceling of 2021 and honestly kurt warner uh being there being complicit his wife wears a flat top his wife wears the howie long hair so (laughs) You know, for him not to know that you can have a, a cross gender look and that doesn't mean anything about your your sexuality or, or you know, who you are in your soul. Uh, Kurt Warner also canceled. Well, I just I had to do it. I just put into Twitter. Kevin Harlan, be a man. I mean, <laughs> the tweet 
tweets are already there. Somebody quote tweeted it and says, I'll be the first to say <laughs> these fucking what is wrong? What are these just bots? Are these real people? Somebody wrote, I'll be the first to say this. Kevin Harlan needs to resign immediately <laughs> in quotes. Take off the bra and be a man is 100 percent transphobic. Canceled, canceled. And there's just so many more of those. I think take away Kurt Warner's yellow jacket. I think, I mean, can you be a Hall of Famer if these are your beliefs? You, you should know better. You should know better. Your wife dresses and has the haircut of a blacksmith's apprentice. You should know that you can look a certain way and still be a woman. Just a mini Howie Long. I, uh, I did. I did enjoy some of the some of the woke Twitter tweets later last night. In regards to the game, just just like people bringing in Brady's politics, like you're, you know, I've said this before so many times, right? If you can't separate an athlete or an actor or a musician's politics for what they do, you're a you're a simpleton. You have a brain this big. If you can't separate what somebody does with who they vote for. Well, I and they're, and they're listen, not they're not they're not I, I always could, together. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, that being said, I think the thing with Brady is the you know, and you and I are both we're we take this as kind of one of our stances is the hypocrisy. Yeah. You know, I can't watch the NBA anymore. It's become too political. I wish Colin Kaepernick would just do it on, you know his own time, blah, blah, blah. You know, LeBron James isn't on the court or in the thing saying who he's going to vote for or who he did vote for or posing. You don't have a ton of pictures of, you know, LeBron James hugging Biden, but Tom Brady has a MAGA hat in his locker while he does interviews and chums around with, Donald Trump and people are like, no, no, that's different. That's on his own time. Well, first of all, it's in his locker. So it's not, by the way, Tom Brady can I, like, if you were shocked that Tom Brady was a, was a Donald Trump stand, I, I don't even know what to tell you. Well, where were you living in a fucking bunker, but also who cares? But I'm, but I also believe that about let LeBron James say whatever he wants. When people ask him, let Colin Kaepernick say whatever he wants. When people ask him, the, the people that, you know, are assholes are the ones that it's okay for Tom Brady to like whoever he likes, but fuck the NBA for, you know, supporting LeBron James. But and that goes both ways. The people, that's what I'm talking about. Like the people last night who were saying, fuck Tom Brady, but are so supportive of the NBA putting Black Lives Matter on the court. It's the same thing. And, 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 and that's all I'm saying is, is, is back to my point of just, it blows my mind, Joe, people who can't separate politics. You, you are you. I just coached third grade basketball. They have a very one track mind. You have a one track mind if you cannot separate who Brady supports. And it doesn't even mean I agree with Brady. Right. But I can right. appreciate what the guy does on a football field or what LeBron does on a basketball court. I don't have to always agree with their politics. You, right. You I literally, mean, but, that, but listen. We're, I mean, keep it to football, keep it to quarterbacks. Like if you're angry that, you know, 
Colin Kaepernick disrespected the flag, you should probably be angry that Tom Brady's going to get in a private jet after the game and go hang out with somebody who supported a, a insurrection against sure. the constitution of the United States. No, I agree. Now at the same time, I don't give a fuck about either. Yeah. I, I wish, I wish that Colin Kaepernick's pig socks, the pigs were bleeding. Like I fuck if, if he sports Fidel Castro fucking dope, cool shirt, bro. I don't agree like, there, but what's that? I don't agree there, but it's fine. I'm saying again, again I don't we can disagree. A, I don't give a fuck what sure. any of their politics are. Yeah. So great. By the way, real real quick on politics. My brother, this has nothing to do with sports. My brother texted me something today. We're talking about monopolies and how like our Congress or whoever, whoever controls that the interstate commerce, they, they, they don't know how to handle tech. Right. Cause we've never seen this before. And I brought up Amazon and my brother made a good point. It was again, it's not a political thing, but in a weird way, as far as control, he's like the Nazis wanted to control the world. Like Amazon is literally going to do that. As far as thought, as far as needing it, it's kind of crazy. It's not exactly the same thing, but I, I get what he's saying as far as like what they were trying to do. But we're yeah, and also we're we've been down this wormhole for so long. Like you're, you know, people act like you know, everybody doing like the Nazi. Like these people are the Nazis. It's like okay, everybody, everybody you don't like is a Nazi. Yeah. So we've seen that. But the idea that people haven't stolen, like the Nazis were accomplished. They like they rallied everybody. Right. People have stolen that for years, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You go to a movie. Where fucking Mark Wahlberg saves his whole fucking thing. It's a it's a military propaganda film. Like it's that's what it is. Like the Nazis fucking did that. Like we've been doing this for years. Like, ah, uh, you too. Like, I mean, go get go watch any college football game. College football the only reason college football exists is to recruit people into the fucking every arm in the military. You sit there, you watch college football, it's like you 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 want a big dick, join the air force. And people go, I, I do. Like We've been doing this shit for years. And yeah, Amazon for sure. Speaking of recruiting and... and Are you go going ahead. into your college or your third grade team? I was going to. Okay, I want to say one last thing yeah. about the Super Bowl. Because if you, like me, just aren't a Tom Brady fan, if you didn't want to see this happen, we have to go all the way... Like, So here's the thing. Tom Brady is like... You know, it's like the black monster and lost. Like it was like, you, you know, he was lurking around every corner. Spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler. Never watched lost every corner. <laughs> but like the thing about Tom Brady, and I said this during the season, I didn't like Tom Brady's chances in the wild card game. But then I changed my mind when I was like, oh, he's got fucking the Washington Redskins coming off a charity game. And then I, I did like him in the Saints thing. It lined up perfectly. It's like, first we give him the fucking, you know, cake game against the charity cases. Then we give him Drew Brees with 10 fucking broken ribs. But now he he beat Aaron Rodgers and, uh, and the Packers in, you know, certainly some questionable things. But this is where the Tom Brady smoke monster, now he's just eating souls. And he's getting more powerful. And he's getting more powerful. And he's, you know... The further along Tom Brady went, 
the more likely it was that he was running on the power of all the souls of fans that he had beaten and that he was going to get harder and harder to beat. The best chance to take out Tom Brady was early on in this playoffs. That is why if you hate Tom Brady, like I do, and you don't, you were not happy to see this all happen. It all goes back to one person, Doug Peterson and the Philadelphia Eagles. They made this happen. Those scumbag motherfuckers with their charity game to the Redskins. They got Tom Brady rolling. They were like, Tom Brady, you're going to have a tough ride, but how about if you start out with a fucking cookie? What if you start out with a charity case, fucking cancer case, Alex Smith comeback player of the year case, because we roll over, and now what's happened? Now fucking Peterson's out. They've hired a new boob. Wentz is going to be gone. Now they're moving Wentz? I I fucking thought Peterson was... Gone because he hated Wentz. Now they're moving fucking. Now the Bears are going to get fucking Wentz. This is all the fucking Philadelphia Eagles fault. Garbage city, garbage team, dumpster fire people involved all around. And now we have fucking Tom Brady again. Thanks a lot. Fucking Philadelphia. You're, you ruin everything. It all comes back to Philly. For t- it for does. T- it's all their fault. And I hope that I hope that they're punished for it. I hope that the gods, I hope football gods punish them for it. And it seems like they did. I was going to say, look at their situation. Yeah. They're the getting... first part of smart football is knowing what to do. <laughs> Except you don't know what to do a quarterback. Start there. Let's talk third grade basketball, guys. Third grade hoops. Very important segment. So, now, Andy, what is your official title? Are you assistant head coach? I'm the assistant coach. You're the assistant coach. But he gives me, I mean, he gives me a lot of liberties. You know, you mostly working in motivation. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm definitely the calm, but I'm also the guy. Hey, let's call a time. You good cop. Yes, good cop. I I yelled at the kids for the first time on Saturday when they were having their heads down because I hate that. Like, like I don't care about winning or losing. You just the that that shit when you make a bad play and put your head down. I don't care. You're gonna turn the ball over. You're gonna miss a shot. You're eight or nine years old, but when you you know, we've been on them so hard about that. My buddy, who is the head coach, I finally snapped because we were winning a game. And then some of the kids, well, it's only two or three of them. You know, it's like, no, no, the head doesn't they go down. Into Maddie Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, we, we were the nine seed in our bracket and the brackets based off your regular season record. So there was A, B and C. There's A, B, C and D brackets. So there's a lot of teams and this is just from, this is just some Catholic schools on the East side of town. So anyway, we win the playing game. We dominate. We upset the one seed the next day. We play later that day. We then win again. So we play in the title game. Now going into the title game, we knew their number, their best player, number 33 had 26 of their 28 points, or I'm sorry. Playoff so far. No, no, no. In the game before he had, I think 30, 31 points, third grade point guard. So we do have a strategy going in, right? He's worth 31 points in a game. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. That's, that's bad coaching on the other teams. Terrible. And, like, and, and, and that's what I'm getting to. So was he, the, was he the coach's son? Yes. Of course he was. So this is what I'm getting <laughs> to Joe. We, we preach teamwork, right? Now it's not a rule, but it's recommended that everybody gets equal playing time. Mm-hmm. Again, you're eight or nine years old. So all our kids play equally. We have nine kids in the team our best player. So with nine kids, three kids will play two and a half quarters. Everybody else plays two. 
So basically, everybody's getting at least two quarters. The championship game yesterday, they did the best player on their team who had 26 of their 28 points. The coach did not take him out a single time. He was so gassed as a third grader. He was so gassed in the fourth quarter. They called a timeout to give him a breath, not to pull him, to let him be a eight-year-old boy. So this is a kind of sick individual. Uh, do we know his gender? Let's, let's, let's not get canceled here. today. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know his pronouns. Early for him to decide. I don't know his pronouns. Okay. Regardless, I think you'd agree, Joe. You've you've coached children. I think this is it's. I'm just going to use the word. It's disgusting, because you're not teaching teamwork, and you're not teaching how to play with others, and you're not teaching the game. The whole point is, I want to teach these kids at least a little knowledge of basketball. So it's also a rule: you can't double team and you can't play zone defense. I get it. Again. The reason the league has that rule, right? Teach these kids the basic rules of basketball. Every single kid on our team but two had never played basketball before in a formal league. So that's what you're dealing with. The refs yesterday decided to start calling the double team. The enforcement. Now, the NBA, right, when there is a defensive infraction, I forget. Do you get a warning first? You get a warning first, right? Yeah. On a defense, like, I mean, they don't do, there's no illegal defense anymore, but yeah, back in the day. Right. Back in the day is what I mean. And yep. then you shot a technical foul. In our league, you get one warning and then you get an automatic point. You don't have to shoot the technical foul. These refs called us three times in the first half. So we had to give up three points, call us four times, which in that league is huge, right? The other team. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait until you hear this. So we're battling back and forth in the final game, right? And this kid's not coming out of the game. I'm getting so angry at just how awful sports these guys are. They're also telling this kid not to play defense, and he's just roaming, which, again, is illegal. And the game comes down to the very end. We go back and forth. We're down 17 to 10 in the second quarter. We come back. We take a lead. We're up three points with 12 seconds to go. My buddy, who's the head coach, had just asked the scorer's table, how many timeouts do we have? And he said one. So my buddy says, timeout, because I just want to tell the kids 12 seconds what to do. Right? We're up three. That coach is, they don't have any more timeouts. And he goes, I just asked the scorer's table. The scorer's table was their score guy. Because because of COVID, you can only have one. So there's two team scorer's table. There's two teams doing the scorebook, right? But one has to be at the table, and the other has to be in the stands because of COVID. I get it. So that guy was wrong. We were out of timeouts. That coach says they're out of timeouts. Instead of just being like, it's third grade, there's 12 seconds left. They're out of timeouts. Well, like your guy told us we had a timeout. My buddy gets teed up. Refs don't know what to do. It's full. They, te- they, te- they team him up for being out of timeouts or they team him up for arguing that he wasn't out of timeouts? For being out of timeouts. Okay. So there's 12 points. He, he got Webbered. We got Webbered. There's 12.6 okay. seconds left. Our kids are about to have a meltdown. They don't even understand this. I'm explaining to them. They get two free throws and the ball. And I say to our kids, guys, we're up three. The only way they can win is if they score a bucket. So don't let them score. At this First, point, they got to make the free throws, right? True. But I'm telling the kids that. I go, and that, you know, they don't really understand. I'm saying even if they make the free throws, they have to score a bucket. That's where you needed a little mental strategy. You'd be like, first, this kid over here has got to hit his free throws, which we know he's not going to do. Then 
they got to hit a bucket. There's, that's just a that's just smart mental game. Just psych that kid out. So at this point, number 33 has scored every single point. Of course, he's shooting the free throws. Yeah, this is but the he's first. gassed. Yeah, he's gassed. Misses the first. Yeah, we knew that was happening. <laughs> Makes the second. So we're up two. They get the ball again with 12.6 seconds. Out now, of are nine. there three pointers in this league? Yes. Does anybody hit them ever? No. Yeah, I saw okay. what the whole season one three pointer was made. Okay. 12.6 seconds. He jacks up. I mean, this kid, this kid was worse than Kobe. Apparently, somebody in the stand said he passed the ball once the entire second half. He shot every single shot. He must have shot 40 shots. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, Mamba mentality. He had the will to win. Yeah, will to win. So he shoots up an absolute brick. The ball bounces, goes again. He scored every single one of the points. Goes to one of their kids. This kid chucks up a prayer, drains it with 0.3 seconds to tie the game. So you're going to overtime because I'm assuming nobody Trent Tuckered one on your team. Yeah. We go into overtime. We take a, a five-point lead, which is basically a game stealer. My nephew, shout out to him, makes a great bounce pass uh, under the hoop in an out-of-bounds play. Our bench goes nuts. Our kids don't understand this. They basically almost run. they like somewhat onto the court. The ref runs over, yells at our kids, threatens to give them a technical. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, our, again, these are eight and nine-year-old kids. I'm like, guys, we can't get teed up. I mean, here. just just thank God David Stern wasn't there picking out your best guy and being like, he's suspended for next season. Just give him the full Steve Nash. Like, he's out. So we end up winning the game. We end up winning it by three. Now, again, with COVID, you don't handshake because I get it. Instead, each team lines up on a, you tip your caps. Each team lines up before and after the game, and you say good game. We line up after we get the first place trophy. They refuse to come out. They don't oh, even, wow. They don't even turn. This coach doesn't even have his team. Very turn, Tom Brady of them. Turn. They don't even turn their back from their bench, and they exit. Very, very, very Tom Brady of them. We saw we saw Patrick Mahomes out there last night giving credit where credit's due. Very Brady of them to just not be able to take their L's. Now, I wanted to walk over to him. No goats on that team. Yeah. And I wanted to say, dude, your kid played the whole game. That's not sportsmanship. You didn't, like, that's not how we do things for third grade basketball. That's a terrible example to your team, to the league. Now, my buddy said, don't do it. And I said, Look, well, man, you didn't need to do it. You guys won the game. That's what my buddy said. But I, but I said, you know what? He I, knows he'll, he has to sleep without the trophy. You know, he knows. He's probably in the parking lot going full fucking, you know, John Kreese on, on his son. Karate you kid. Know? Yeah. You, you know, he's probably fucking smacking around his own kid in the parking lot. Well, I don't want that either, but yeah, I mean, I'm just telling you what happens. You know, <laughs> I hate to break the reality of life to you. This guy plays his kid the whole game. He's the only kid that takes shot. Like he's definitely a psycho dad. Yeah. And if you're a parent on that team, how mad are you? Joe, they, Joe, if the kid played the whole game and they had six players, I'd get it. I don't care. They had eight players. I mean, I'm, I'm of the opinion. I don't even think you should. I think the whole, just like you. And me, I think, I think coaches for every youth, to, it should just be uncles. This should be the rule. You have yeah. to be an uncle. Uncle is not fucking favoring their nephew. In fact, they're probably taking it 
harder on their niece or their nephew. Dads, they can't do it. Dads, I mean, the, the history of fucking coach dads. Yeah. The traumas the coach dads have put their kids through. The traumas that coach dads have put some other kids through because they're better than their kid, but that kid gets to play. You know, so, that's why, you know, it should be all uncles. It's a no well, brainer. Well, and, and that aunt, was aunts and uncles. That was my reason to talk to him, though, too, was I don't have a kid on the team. That's what I was trying to tell my buddy. I said, look, dude, I don't have a kid. Like, what, what's the backlash going to be? The assistant coach who's nephew? Like, my, my take is I'm an outsider looking in. I just moved here from California. And all I care about is sportsmanship for third graders. Again, wins and losses don't matter. Yeah, but also, you got, like, he, he took his L. You should have just given him the L chain and be like, here, wear this for the rest of the week. I will say it feels great to win, though. I don't care if it's third grade. I tell you what, I was so turned for this tournament, Joe. Like, my emotions were riding High yesterday. I mean, Chris, Chris Wilde has his coaching record and his social media bios. <laughs> career, career 751 youth basketball winning percentage. Here's what I find interesting, though. We never lost a game when I switched from the face shield to the mask. And also after I gave my nephew a Michael Jordan jersey. Yeah, I'm just saying. Those two things coincided, and we never lose a game rest of the year. I mean, listen, you're talking a guy who coached high school baseball for a decade, like superstition. I had I had a sour, I had a sunflower eating regimen. So superstition is real in sports. Yeah. I will say, Joe, I know you've coached a lot. It gave me a lot of joy. It did. Like I really, I'm like like a little bummed. It's bittersweet. Season's over. I got to wait till next year. Our kids don't be sad that it's over. Be happy that it happened. Yeah, that's right. We might get one last practice slash pizza party. Okay, let's go. You know, but I have to tell the dirt balls what you said. You should you should follow. You should you should do a Tom Brady style. You should have the one last pizza party at (laughs) (laughs) Mar-a-Lago. You're such a jackass. I got to tell the Dirtballs what you told me I had to bring up on the show, what I did about the dogs and barking. Yes. And the pinata. So we had one practice this week before the tournament. And I said, I was just trying to teach them aggression, right? You're trying to connect with kids at that age. And I said, guys, you know, when there's a pinata and somebody hits the pinata and the candy goes everywhere and you get so aggressive and sometimes you get mean with your, even your friends or your family and you box them out and you go for the candy. I said, guess what? That basketball is the candy and you could just see light bulbs going on. I go, so when we're on the court and there's a loose ball or there's a rebound, the basketball is candy. And I said, we're dogs. And that is our bone as well. And we do not let anyone get our bone. And I, st- I started literally barking in practice and the kids bought in. And now at the breaks and the timeouts, my buddy would look at me and I'd get the kids going, woof, 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 woof. and they'd start barking on the court like lunatics and then they would go out and they would play with that. I think you've, I think you've mastered. I think you're like the Phil Jackson of third grade psychology. Don't try that shit when your nephew's in like ninth grade. He's gonna be like, "Stop fucking barking, Uncle Andy. It's fucking weird. We don't even eat candy anymore. Start talking about oat milk." Yeah, I, I connected with him. Candy pinata, dogs barking, and that yeah. seemed to kind of mesh this week. And uh, I'm proud. 
I'm, I'm very proud. If you guys want to check I'm, it out, I don't, I'm, I'm proud of you. Congratulations. I, buddy. I know you are. Thank you. If you guys want to check out the picks, I don't post much anymore on Instagram, but I posted the pictures on Instagram from this weekend's tournament games and uh, no, no comments allowed because they're children. I'm also basically done doing comments on Instagram, but <laughs> check out. Yeah. You, you've limited comments. You turned comments off the last. Yeah. The last few posts I have, you know, just, I don't, I don't care. Let the pictures speak for themselves. Yeah. We're, cha- we're champs coach Ruther. it's yeah it's ne- good i noticed the comments were off because i want to roast that one kid's mohawk but comments were off <laughs> <laughs> and 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 the next thing joe and then we'll get to trevor bauer stuff you know the next thing is, is going to be the dog situation and thank you thank your brother thanks so many dirt balls dude have dm'd me have tweeted to me everyone's being helpful about this uh this pup I'm going to get, whatever it's going to be. I mean, I, I, you know, we, we briefly talked on the show and we briefly talked after like, first of all, when it comes to a dog, when you know, you know, like, I, you know, I was lucky enough that my sister gave me a dog without me knowing. And it turned out to be, you know, my canine soulmate, but like, it's, it's a lot in, you know, you just gotta, if it speaks to you, it speaks to you. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, but like, you know, in the end, all the things that you think you need, or you think that you want, like a lot of that stuff will go out the window. You could get tomorrow. You could get a chihuahua and you would love it. Yeah. Um, but like you could get a poodle and you'd be like, this is why this poodle is so great. But you know, you're doing your, you're doing your homework and uh, I'm sure you'll settle on a, a nice canine friend. Yeah, I hope so. By the way, I see an interesting comment in the YouTube section. This is worth a discussion. Okay. This is, is breaking news. No, but is this the death of the Ruther curse? Like, let's just say I predicted, I predicted preseason. And I, again, I was lucky. I, I know I'm lucky. I'll say it, but I predicted chiefs Bucks super bowl. I've never gotten both teams. Right. I said, bucks are going to win. My third grade team just reels off four in a row in three days. That's I'm just a great saying question. it's a great question. The same day the bucks won the super bowl, our team won the tournament. The end of the Ruth of Curse would be sad. It would be, it would be a, you know, it's been good for the show. It's been great content. Um, you know, I think, I think the, the, the team, your team could be more of a sign of the end of Ruth of Curse than the, the Bucks. I think, I think we all knew that regardless of what Andy Ruth is saying on a podcast, that, you know, the, the, the drone footage of uh, the Chiefs practice that, that Tom Brady has is, you know, unreal. They can overcome the, you're unreal Ruth or curse, but, uh, but I mean, your team winning now, that's a whole other story, but it's almost like the curse crept back in with that technical foul. The game goes to overtime. Our kids are emotionally deflated, but it was beaten. emotional deflate gate as we're calling it. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. You pump them up. Now, are you emotionally deflated? about Trevor Bauer going to the Dodgers because you had your, your heart set on him in the Mets. I mean, I, I am, but I'm not like the, the thing with Trevor Bauer is, um, you know, Trevor Bauer as a, as a, as a Mets fan, I wanted him because Steve Cohen, new owner, all the money in the world, the idea that he's, you know, the idea that he's smartly or whatever, you know, trying to manage the 
the luxury tax and all that stuff. It's great. But like, I really wanted him to come in and just kind of lay it on the table and be like, I'm not getting outbid on anybody this year. And, and I think the the frustrating thing for me with Bauer is I liked the, the decision not to offer a uh, real Muto a contract because uh, I, I liked them getting McCann and using that money in other ways. Now the talk for the Mets has been, you got to extend Conforto, which honestly, first and foremost, I'd rather extend Conforto over Bauer, over Springer, over whatever. And you got to extend Lindor. I couldn't agree more that extending those guys is more important than adding any other pieces. But when they get outbid for Springer, and then they get outbid for Bauer. It is kind of a letdown. Now, I think that they've had a fantastic offseason. I think the Mets are going to be good. I think the Mets are going to win the NL East. But the idea that he goes to the Dodgers, yeah, who could potentially yeah. be somebody that you face. Also, the Dodgers, I was so happy at the idea of the Dodgers only championship during this run being the weird shortened asterisk bullshit title that they won. Um, the only of all the seasons that were affected by COVID, the only one that was made into some weird, horrible, small, shortened version of itself. Um, so Bauer goes there. I, I'm not as upset as you would think. Like I would have been excited if they got him. I was very angry at the trolling he seemed to be doing. He then kind of, puts out a tweet thread apology saying he wasn't trolling. Um, and I got, here's, here's what I'll say. I like Noah Syndergaard's relationship with the fans and with social media. It's a tweet here. It's a let's fucking go Mets there. Like the Mets for the personalities the Mets have Alonzo Syndergaard DeGrom's a pretty quiet guy. Jeff McNeil with the squirrel. And if I hit a home run, I'm going to get a dog. The Mets have some fun characters in terms of how they deal with social media. And I really enjoy the personality. I, I did not like, even when it looked like the Mets were happening, I did not like the Trevor Bauer seems to want to announce it on his YouTube and sell merch before like that. The Mets aren't going to announce it first that it's all about his social media. It's a little over the top with the whole thing. So that was already kind of rubbing me the wrong way. But I was like, hey, if this is what we got to deal with to get him, then this is what we got to deal with. Also, the thing with Trevor Bauer is like, I'm not I'm not super sold on Trevor Bauer being like God's like he certainly wasn't coming in and being our ace. Um, what I liked about Trevor Bauer to the Mets was Trevor Bauer coming in and just slotting into a rotation where he's maybe the second best pitcher. Maybe he's the third best pitcher. Maybe he's like. He had a great season last year and a very shortened season. But if you look at Trevor Bauer's career prior, like he's got, he's got a lot of seasons of, you know, over four ERA and the Mets have been known to spend a lot of money and totally blow it on guys. So it hurts that Cohen didn't just kind of put his money where his mouth is, but at the same time, I'm not like super broken up about it. And now I get to root for him to fail. Cause he's on the Dodgers who I have since until they, you know, until they, Purged himself of Chase Utley. I'll never, I'll, I'll just always root for their demise. So good. I hope they spend a lot of money. I hope they don't win. I hope he tears apart their team with his YouTube account. 
And um, yeah, uh, Trevor Bauer to the Dodgers. Well, you know, I was firing off some tweets. I, I, I'm very, very, like, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm at the point with baseball. I, I know I say this all the time. It's just like, dude, here we are. Here we are again. The, the Dodgers, the highest payroll, it's going to exceed $240 million. They're giving $40 million a year. Trevor Bauer will make more money this year than the or- – Trevor Bauer's earnings this year will be higher than the payroll of the Orioles, the Pirates, and the Indians. That is a goddamn problem. And until you fix this baseball, no one's going to care. Like, like baseball, I don't think, dude, I don't think people realize how far baseball is removed from people caring. Like, you're in the NHL realm. You, you are. You really are. And this is why. If you have owners who don't have to spend money. And then you also have owners like the Dodgers who are the second largest market and can't spend the money. I I think the thing, I think the thing that's tough with baseball and the spending is there's no risk at all. Like the risk, like, let's say, you know, it's a Mets with the will ponds, or if it's a, you know, a blue Jays team, or if it's the Houston Astros or whatever, giving a guy some crazy contract and it not working out in every other sport for sure sets you back. Look at the fucking Eagles. Yeah. The Eagles basically did the Trevor Bauer deal and now they are literally ruining football for Tom Brady haters. They're ruining it for their own fans. They're ruining like it's like the butterfly effect of giving out a terrible contract is now you know, we'll be seeing it for years. When you're the Dodgers, there is no risk. Yeah. At all. If Trevor Bauer sucks, which there's as good a chance that Trevor Bauer has an over five ERA this year as he wins another Cy Young. There's an equal, I would say to, for most baseball fans, there's an equal chance his ERA is over five as he wins the Cy Young. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Who cares? The Dodgers don't care. And then it's just, oh, well, we made an investment. It's a bad investment. It's fine. It's like Shark Tank. Mark Mark Cuban can invest in, you know, uh, you know, a, a cat radio show or whatever. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And if it does and he makes a, an extra billion dollars, then he makes an extra billion dollars. And if it doesn't, he took a shot. But to not have a salary minimum and also no salary cap uh, again. And that's why I tweeted it out. And, and it's, you know, I was going back and forth. It's like people were lost on my tweet. My point was, first of all, people don't know how to read. I, I see sa- your tweet, but I just God, it was Friday when the signing happened. I said, you would never see teams from markets like big word, like Tampa Bay, and Kansas City playing each other in a World Series because of how the system is set up. Again, I said like, because every dumbass, and I'm sorry, guys, I'm going to call some of you that, was like, oh, because the Rays and the Royals couldn't play each other. You get my point, right, Brandon? I was saying those markets. And it's true, and I did a deep dive. Well, here's the thing. I mean, the Rays played in the World Series, and the and the Royals won a World Series. But the point is, but my initial tweet was from in the same market. No two teams. Look it up. 
No two teams from mid-major to small baseball markets, as far as city size, have played each other in the World Series in the last 20-plus years. Now, it's different in the other sports. Football, you have it all the time. Right. Not all the time, but you have Pittsburgh, mid-major city, playing Green Bay, the Saints, mid-major city, New Orleans. I mean, I think I think there's playing. I think you you absolutely have a point, and I think I think an even more valid um, example is that when those when those situations do happen in baseball, they don't last. You don't get you, you know the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be around for a, a minute, you know. Uh, Green Bay has had runs. So and so has had like we've had, you know, teams that I mean, Boston, the New England, like it's a big market, but it's not like like it's not bonkers. You know what I mean? Uh, when you look at baseball, it's like Tampa Bay comes and goes. The Florida Marlins do it all to get there, and then they rebuild because it can't last. And simultaneously teams that fuck it up like the angels i mean the, how how many times have we seen the, the angels give every fucking buddy a contract and never works out and they just keep, doesn't hamper them they just do it again they just do it again yeah the, well the model the model is just not it's not set up for like you're saying, sustained success for smaller markets. And occasionally they're making it far. But again, I, I stand by my tweet. Again, of two teams playing each other in a World Series for small markets, it's it's just factually it's not happening. It's just not happening. And you're not seeing – now, I know they have LeBron, but like take like let's move into NBA. You'll see a Cavs. Holy shit, look at the run they had, right? Like, 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 like you, you're just – I don't know. Baseball's business model is so jacked up and the union obviously has so much power and clout in that league, probably more than any other league, but no salary cap being the only major sport that has it and no salary minimum is completely hindering the sport. And that's why people don't care. It's the same shit. How many years in a row are the Yankees and Dodgers going to spend? Well, the Yankees are going on 40 years. So, you know, I, it's obviously not over anytime soon. The Dodgers, since they got rid of their, I mean, the Mets will probably be that way too. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Again, this is what we're, this is what I was hoping for as a Mets fan. This is the tough thing with the Bauer thing is like, this is the only way to compete. Yeah. Is you, you know, and, and we've been hampered by having a terrible owner as opposed to just like a regular owner in a big market, but getting a guy who's known for, being you know extremely wealthy and hating to lose and whatever but you know in the long run is this a good play i don't know we'll see but that was the thing that was disappointing is like who cares it's not my money yeah you got 13 billion dollars why don't you offer trevor bauer more why don't we get bauer and springer oh because the luxury fuck the luxury tax no one the the teams that win aren't concerned with the luxury tax the Dodgers don't give a fuck about the luxury tax. The Yankees don't give a fuck about the luxury tax. You just can't have a system where one player is making more money than the combined salaries of an entire team. And if that system is so broken, this is what I would ask Rob Manfred. And I'd be curious how he'd respond. If I said, Rob, I don't care about politicians. Get out of my office. 
What did he say? I'd say, Rob, I don't care about politics and politicians enough to be vested in a party, to be vested in a particular person. I don't care because I know the system is broken, right? I know the two-party system is broken and they're really not that much different and they're all corporate interest and everything that that entails. So this is what I would say to Rob. I go, it's the same thing. This system is broken in Major League Baseball. Why should I care? Because to me, they're very similar. If I'm a fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates or the Baltimore Orioles, and I see one guy makes more than my entire team, why should I ever put a dollar into a ticket or a hot dog or whatever? Because that's a legitimate question to ask because I don't have that same question, Joe, when I go to an NBA game. And if he was totally honest with you, he'd be like, because you're stupid and you live in Pittsburgh and everything you own is black and yellow and this is all you got and fucking quality of life and fucking the Steelers and the Penguins and the fucking Pirates. And we've we've brainwashed you since you were a child that if you don't fucking do it, you're a bad person. You're not a real man. And so I don't really have to think about you. You're going to fucking give us your money anyway, because you're going to take your kid to the fucking ballpark and you're going to give him a hot dog and it's going to fucking happen. So sorry, not sorry. Cold hearted, Rob. Very cold hearted, but you're probably right. But I'm right because that's the thing. Look at Dodger stadium. I know fucking Joe Shabelli's going to text me some fucking complaint, but look at Dodger stadium when the Dodgers suck. Look how many, when's the last time you saw a fucking LA Kings flag on the back of a car. There were all, there were hell of flags in 2010 LA fans. When the, when the going's tough, they're nowhere to be fucking found. So if you want to make money in Los Angeles, you better put a fucking winner on the field and they're going to take their winners. They're going to spend all the money they have to, to get a winner. Cause otherwise we're going to the beach and we're going to whatever. And they're going to spend their money to have a fucking winner and Pittsburgh they're going to fucking go to Pirates games because what the hell else are they going to do? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, a fucking I, coal mine? Like, uh-huh. Well, it's, 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 it's frustrating. Trust me, because I'm thinking about that. Like for a walk in the park, the seven days a year, it's fucking, you know, nice out. Like, like, here's the thing with me. Obviously, I'm not in California right now. I'm in Cincinnati. You're probably fucking stoked for the Reds season to start. Well, that's what I was going to say. But but the Reds, at least the Reds don't have the biggest payroll. The Reds, at least threw a lot of money. Like, you know, they tried last year. They went all yeah. in. It didn't and work then, out. Right. But my point is they're not their payroll is not 40 million. It's still in the, you know, it's still at least 100 million. My point is at least they're still trying. But it is still hard for me to grapple with why am I going to this Reds game when I know they're going to face the Dodgers or whoever who has this just isn't a fair system that's why Joe I am uh, I'm going to start that's going to be a new thing you know everybody puts all this energy this is my problem everybody puts all the energy into politics can we put some an equality as far as like economic equality why is no one ever talk about this with baseball no one ever does. Andy, I've been talking about this for 30 years. You want to yeah, oh. uh, come hang out in the Brunswick eighth grade fucking lounge and, and see a young hairless Joe Prano screaming <laughs> about MLB salary caps. I've, uh, welcome to the party, pal. You have. Yeah. 
No one out. That's my point. No one's because no one cares because fuck again, because the majority of fucking baseball, unless you're in like, you know, you know why I cared because I was in a fucking city rooting for a team in a major market. That wasn't the team that has all the money to spend. So I'm going, well, here's why the fucking Yankees win every year. And, the, and, I, and all my fucking douchebag friends get to fucking celebrate a championship because the whole system is fucking broken. But people in Pittsburgh are going, well, you know, how many times can you go to the fucking Andy Warhol Museum? I'm going to the fucking Pirates game. Yeah. It's just, um, it's just unbelievable, Joe. I don't know, man. I'm just. I'm very frustrated. I, I hated to see it. And, and again, it, it wasn't like, a, oh, Trevor Bauer didn't resign with the Reds. I knew that was going to It's just a, you went to the Dodgers. Like, you went to that team. Oh, he's from L. He's from Southern California. He went to UCLA. We all knew it was going to happen. He used the Mets to fucking drive up the bidding. It was just a matter of where the Dodgers going to pay. The Dodgers, Dodgers fans love to claim, oh, the Dodgers never fucking do this and never do that. They only like to, you know, spend their guys. Okay, you traded for fucking Mookie Betts. You traded for fucking David Price. It's like, let's not act like you guys don't take on tons of money sure. and, and re-sign guys that you know you're going to have to sign. Like, it's not, but when you, get Mookie bets because the Red Sox can't pay him $400 million and you do that's signing him as a free agent. That's exactly what that is. So let's not act like the fucking Dodgers, you know, have this homegrown. Yeah. Okay. They have a lot of homegrown talent. So did the Yankees back in the day, but you know what the difference is when Derek Jeter is $110 million shortstop over the next decade and you give him 190 million not to leave. Why would he ever fucking leave? Where's he going to go? What's he going to do? You overpay for everybody. The Dodgers do it. The Red Sox did it. The Yankees did it. The Mets fucking have a billionaire owner and they're still not fucking doing it. I don't know why, but God damn it. Maybe it'll work out in the long run. I don't know, but that's the bottom line. You're in baseball. It's a fucking arms race. You, you know, if you're not the U S if you're not the USSR, good luck fucking in the war. So where does that leave me, Joe? Well, it leaves you going to fucking 12 Reds games a year because honestly, how much fucking chili can you eat? You know, what are you going to do? Can you go fucking. You know, I mean, you got your golf bag now. Go golfing. Oh, but yeah. You're probably going to go to fucking 12 Reds games a year. Oh, I know. It's a sad reality. Do you want to. Sadly, I'm a fucking baseball, you know, psycho. So I'm going to fucking, you know, Astros. A's games in the Oakland Coliseum just to fucking be there. But the problem with baseball in the long run is there's, you know, I'm one in a million. You are, but that's, that is my point. You really and, are, man. And I really, I'm not going to be able to keep you afloat personally. You really are. People are probably mad. We talked about baseball for the last 25 minutes. Yeah, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. They're like, what about fucking esports? Do we have time for any calls? We've been going sure. about an hour and 40. I just didn't know what your schedule was like. No, want, I'm, I'm, I'm good. If you want to bang out a couple calls, you want to do this? Yeah. All right. Let's see here. What do we got? Let's, let's do the intro. Dirt balls, dirt ball calls. Yeah. Dirt balls, dirt ball calls. Dirt balls, dirt ball calls. We got the dirt balls, dirt ball calls. You heard that all right, right? I did. Oh, whoa, whoa, Madonna now. What is happening? Dance. Hold yeah, you on. Can fucking dance. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I don't know. Well, you know, I got a new computer. 
I don't know. That's why I'm like, okay, it's I I don't I didn't have Apple. Uh, what, what's Apple's music? Apple Music. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. I don't know. And then it just went into that. Okay. All right. Um, let's try this again. Let's try this without Madonna. By the way, I'm low key like a big Madonna fan for the record. Yeah. Does that surprise you? No, not at all. All right. Let's hear this call. Hey, what's up, boys? Uh, this is still in my cup, and I'm just curious. Uh, Joe is talking about how he's a gambler, so I'm just curious. What is the best win you've ever had on a bet, whether it was just on a sports bet or just, like, between the boys? Or and what is the worst bet that you've ever had? For me, it was uh, – Best bet, I bet Dawson Knox, first touchdown last weekend, plus 1,800. Fantastic come up. Uh, worst bet I ever had was uh, Seahawks minus 6.5 on Monday night against the Eagles. And uh, the Eagles, just because Doug Peterson is a walking human cuck that likes to uh, buff fuck everyone around him, uh, destroyed me on that. Uh, but uh, just curious to hear what your guys' takes on what the best and worst bets you've ever had. Um, looking forward to hearing it. Uh, but uh, stay dirty, boys, and uh, condoms are for the fucking Eagles and uh, uh, Doug Peterson. All right. Probably makes you happy hearing that. Yeah, of course. Um, I've got a couple... So my worst one ever was, uh, very early in my gambling career. Uh, I was in college still. Um, I learned a great lesson, you know, you're dealing with your own money, you know, in high school, I would throw around a couple of It's like, you know, I was working at a fucking pizza shop. Most of them, most of my money in high school was like my parents handing me a fucking $20 bill here and there. Like, uh, you know, there was no, I wasn't placing big bets. I was like making a little parlay. So you start, you get into college, you start really, you know, gambling on sports. Um, I learned a great lesson in do not, don't bet with your heart, bet with your head. I bet the Giants money line in the Super Bowl against the Ravens. I don't even remember how it was, how much it was for a couple hundred bucks. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't killer, but like I punched my refrigerator. I fucking, you know, broke a bone in my hand. I think like my hand has never been the same since. Um, and it was just devastating. I doubled down, you know, like just watch a Super Bowl and hope your fucking team wins. And I, and the thing is, I didn't even really believe in them. I never liked Kerry Collins. They shouldn't have fucking been there in the first place. Um, and I bet on it and it, it goes down as like the toughest gambling loss for me just cause it was like emotionally draining money, draining physical pain. Um, my my best one, I've talked about it a million times on the show. So I'll do my I'll do my silver medal. The second year the Giants were in the Super Bowl with Eli, there was a Henry Hynoski over f- four yards receiving. And I was like, they love to go to him out of the backfield. I put way too much money on Henry Hynoski. I think it was either over four yards or over four and a half yards receiving. It was like the sixth play of the game or whatever. And they and Eli dumps it to him on a play action you know, uh, fullback in the flat. He goes for like seven yards. I catch a big ticket. Uh, that was when I was like, man, if 
fucking Super Bowl props are the best. And uh, but of course, I've talked about this many times. My my greatest gambling moment in history when I had almost no money to my name. I was like a devastatingly poor early 20 something struggling stand up comedian. I literally took my my life's worth when the Pistons traded for Rashid Wallace and I put it on Pistons championship at I believe at the time it was 11 to one. And then come playoff time, they were still seven or eight to one. I doubled down. I took again, whatever money I'd, I had uh, made in the two months between them acquiring him and the playoff starting, I doubled down. I put literally again, every money, every dollar I had in the bank on Pistons winning the championship and they come through, they, they obviously go on, they get that one championship. I made a fucking boatload of money on those two bets. I literally, I think I may have quit my job at that time and then like went cross country traveling across America. <laughs> like it was the, that's, that's by farming. And I just like, as an NBA guy, I've, I just go, this piston seems pretty good. And Rasheed Wallace is underrated and he is a great defender. He's a great offense player. He can shoot the three. He's really like, he's, he's one of the original unicorns. And I thought adding them to that, adding him to that piston team. And when they beat the Lakers, I, I mean, I've never, I've never celebrated a team that I do not root for winning a championship. Like I celebrated that. Yeah. Never bet with your heart. That's smart. I, you know, I'm not as big a gambler, not even close, but I remember college freshman year. That was the first season. It was, it was, Freshman year, it was half of my senior year for our high school, and then freshman year, it was the first year the Reds uh, got Ken Griffey Jr. And I was like, dude, they made that. They had that one game playoff to the Mets loss, and I was like, dude, they're adding Jr. So many of the publications were right, like the Reds World Series. I made a reckless hundred dollar bet with my buddy. I was like, the Reds will. It was either make it or I think it was win a World Series in the next four years of college. They didn't even sniff the playoffs. That was just a stupid, overly cocky bet. Um, you know where I the best I ever had was I was in a pick four league. I think it was like 2008, 2009. And the entry fee is only like $150. You got to pick four point spreads a week. I won so many times. You have to get all four point spreads. And the pot is divvied up, right, amongst the winners and how many people have put in for the season. And then the overall winner gets a week's worth and it was only like 150 bucks, but I think I won like nine or 10 G's that football season. And that was like, that was like the best for me. And that was just every week I just kept hitting. Yeah. And I was the overall winner. And like you, I was so poor. And I was like, it was one of those years where I was like, dude, if I didn't get an extra like nine grand from NFL point spreads, like, how would I have paid rent on a lot of these months? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like where you're just like, you look back on it and it was almost fate in a way, but uh, you know, I, not as much. Although I was thinking about, you know, I don't care about it as much, but I was thinking a lot about the props last night, like a lot hit. Like I was trying to remember what was the Clyde Edwards Alaire? Was it just 26 rushing yards? Yeah. I don't remember, but it wasn't, it wasn't that high. It was the yeah. age of either of the quarterbacks. Yeah. So many of those hit. Yeah. And, um, and, and the, the Gronk 11 to one was glorious. And you know what? I think, you know, it's, it's a little fresh, 
but I think winning, losing multiple bets to Maddie Goldberg uh, will have an, a devastating emotional toll on me because you know what the thing is? Five years from now, when it comes out that Tom Brady's, you know, been drinking children's blood and is on HGH and cut the f- brake lines on Andy Reid's kid's car and like all Ter- when, terrible, when, absolutely terrible. When all the cheating that he I'm sure did to get this comes out like it has in the past and he's actually like punished for it and whatever, man, he's not giving me a refund. So like it's going to be it's going to be doubly painful that I lose money to that fucking little cripple and that I fucking never get it back even after he's, you know, the league takes him to the Supreme Court to punish him for his cheating and everything like that. You are why Brady will continue to win. It's people like you just taking those digs at him. It yeah. really is. I mean, I didn't, again, I hate to go full Barry McCockner here, but I didn't take any, like saying that he's been punished thoroughly for his cheating past that those, I'm living in facts here. Joe Prano, you know, damn well what I mean. I have another call. This is, this is for, uh, this is, this is kind of a funny one to me, a little clarification for you on uh, what you always say on the show. going on guys it's john here arkansas dirtball just wanted to run something by you real quick i don't know if this is a a reference that i missed before or if it's something y'all don't know but joe keeps saying spinning lobster spongebob meme i just keep yelling out every time i hear that it's mr krabs (laughs) i don't know if you guys knew that was mr krabs from spongebob also andy I don't have a Twitter. I don't have an Instagram. How can I get in touch for some koozies? Thanks. Yeah, it's Mr. Krabs. I've never corrected you. I think it's funny. I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) I've never watched a single episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. I have with, with, you know, with all the little kids. Uh, Great question as far as. But thank you for the heads up. Yeah, I I like it. I might still call it spinning lobster meme. I think it's I think it's funny spinning. Spinning lost for me. Um, you're not on social media. First of all, good for you. Like legit. I, I people who are not on social media, I have this crazy respect for. I do. I really do. I think it's very I wanted, diff- like I feel like if you go back five years in this show, like you, you know, we, we always talk about the evolution of stuff. You'd be like, Oh, you don't have fucking social media? Well, then you don't get koozies. Fuck off, get a fucking Twitter. Bye. You're probably oh, right. you, oh, you use an Android? Have you thought about killing yourself? Have you thought about fucking killing yourself for having an Android phone? You know what? Get an iPhone that actually works and then Google how to kill yourself for having an Android. Bye. Goodbye. I still hate the Android thing. My, my, the head coach on our basketball team has one and he's like, you got really worked up at me one day. Go, yeah, I, the Android thing. But you're probably right. I probably was worked up about the social media thing. Uh, I respect you for not having it. You can just email me andyruther45 at gmail.com um, and uh, I, I am the worst I, I, I want to say dirt balls. I know so many of you have given me your addresses. I have like 15 packages sitting in my room from the whole month of January. I know it's February 8th. That's on me. I'll take the L on that. That's on me. I got to get to the post office. I got a lot more free time now that I'm not scouting because I'll tell you what I did scout Joe Saturday night. I popped an edible and I went down a deep dive on the team we were playing and it was too funny. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? What did you, how did you deep dive on that? Because you can see there's a database. You can see who they played. The, oh, okay. The scores. Just a statistical. 
Yeah. You didn't I mean, like you didn't like sneak into the gym and film their practice or anything. That'd be no. fucked. That'd be fucked up. No, I didn't and, go and would totally put in the question your championship. And and all championships that followed this. Ah, it's nonstop with you, I swear. Joe, just take the L. Can you take the L? I'm t- I'm just saying if you had done that, it would be fucked up. I'm glad it was just a, a database analysis. Okay. Here's here's a non-sports question for us. Hey guys, John and Lake Orion, Michigan here. Uh, question adjacent to sports. I just saw a commercial for the annual Puppy Bowl before the Super Bowl. And it is hosted by Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg. And this is not the first time uh, collaborating on a project. I think they did a Doritos commercial before maybe or Mountain Dew or something or maybe a couple of things. But uh, they're at it again. And so my question for you guys is, do you think that they have smashed yet at this point? <laughs> they keep working together. Uh, I can kind of see it, but I'm wondering what you guys think. Uh, that's it. And uh, condoms are for Paul Mercurial. Oh, a throwback to Paul Mercurial. A Paul Mercurial's condoms are for. Yeah. Um. I, so I'm going to say like, I don't know if they have, or I'm, I'm not sure if I would say like, yeah, they have, but I'm like, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibilities. And here's why everybody looks at this like old white lady and Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg's probably 70 at this point. Like how old is fucking Snoop Dogg? Snoop Dogg's old as shit. I'm like, looking it up. So Martha Stewart is 79, bro. She looks, yeah, well, first and, of all, she and, looks great for 79. And Snoop Dogg's like what? 59. Snoop Dogg is now he's 49. So 30 years difference. Um, I'm 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 going full Julio Franco on Snoop Dogg's 49 years old. Snoop Dogg is no no younger than 56. So they so I just put them in. There's a headline called. Here's a timeline of Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg's delightful 13 year friendship. Now, which which that can put it into question. 13 years. Yeah. Now, the first time I saw them or like really the energy between them was, I don't know if you remember, it was a roast. I forget who the roast was. Was it of her? They, they, they were on the dais together. They know that was it. They were on the dais together. I believe it might've been the Charlie Sheen roast. I could be wrong. It was the, tw- it was the 20, it was a 2015 roast. And I remember watching that. Now I'm looking right now. They met for the first time in 2008 on the Martha Stewart show. And he, Snoop just kept returning. Makes you think. I, I put my money on no, but I wouldn't put a lot of money on it. It was the Bieber roast from 2015 that I'm talking about. Dude, they've done a lot. Here's the, here's the deal. I hope they have. I hope they have smashed, as the caller would say. Uh, look, man, Martha Stewart's a legend. I'd probably smash her at 79. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, like, that's that's clout right there. Like Joe, if if somebody told me <laughs> the look on Brano's face, I'm just saying, like, if a 79 year old Martha Stewart's like, yo, Martha Stewart's that- house was like less than a mile from my house growing up, so Did you, you know. smashed her. That was no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, we gotta, you know, be easy on Katona's Katona's own Martha Stewart. I am being easy. I'm saying I got, dude. She's a legend, is what I'm saying. She comes from a legend. Jimmy Stewart was a legend. 
It's a legendary family. She's a gangster. She went to prison. She's hanging out with Snoop. I'm just saying. She's a gangster. Smash she's honestly more gangster than Snoop at this point. Like, when's the last time Snoop did some gangster shit? <laughs> I mean, he was almost convicted of murder. He was tried. I'm just saying. Yeah. Snoop Dogg hasn't seen a gun since the fucking 90s. Martha Stewart's <laughs> in the fucking big house. Snoop hasn't. The only reason Snoop's been to fucking a prison in the last 30 years is to visit Martha Stewart. <laughs> that's a fair point, man. That's a, that's a legitimately uh, fair point. Oh, look, I talked about else. This, this call's been sitting in the. In the the docket for a minute. I'm going to play this because it's. I always like when people call to accept an L. So I'm going to play this real quick. Hi, Joe. Hi, Andy. Um, yeah, I used to be a very passionate subway defender. And uh, now I just saw in the news that there's a lawsuit against subway saying that their tuna fish isn't real tuna fish. And uh, yeah, that, that was the sandwich I used to get at subway. And now I... Uh, it's really horrible about defending Subway on your podcast, and uh, I want to offer my apologies to Joe especially. Um, I don't think I'll eat at Subway again. I'm killing a little blue right now, and I just, yeah, just just waiting for the next Dirty Sports podcast to come out so I can uh, so I can lift my spirits. Thanks, guys. Stay dirty. Hey, good for you. Like I said, it takes a real it takes a real person to it takes to, a real it takes a real worldwide news headline saying that you've been eating some unknown substance for you to take that out. But we're here for you. The headline reads a lawsuit claims the sandwich. Again, this is their tuna sandwich. A, law, a lawsuit claims the sandwich is chains tuna isn't actually tuna, but won't say what the allegedly fake tuna is. See, this is the thing. We were so critical of the quality of the meat. And then there's the whole other thing of the bread has like like yoga mat rubber in it, like and isn't real bread. And like the British say it's a fucking pastry because it's so sweet and filled with fucking rubber alloys. Oh, and then God. like but then tuna. Tuna's literally like what fucking you feed straight cats that come to your house. Tuna's like what you f eat if like I, I like tuna. I'll, I'll I'll smash it tuna melt. But like it's also like the poorest shit ever. Like when you're in college, you're like, look, I'm broke. I need tuna and ramen. Tuna and ramen. Tuna and ramen. If you can't afford to fucking make your tuna out of tuna fish, what the fuck are you making it out of? Yeah. Is it just like? dirt like what like what's cheaper than tuna hey man these companies i'm gonna drop a little bomb it's not even a bomb it's just people don't read it i'm gonna drop a little something about trader joe's who i always put on a pedestal they're they're salmon it's all bullshit i learned this in the last couple months and it's it's i'm repulsed so i go to trader joe's as you know that's my go-to <laughs> it's been my go-to <laughs> Tough day when Andy's got to take an L on Trader Joe's salmon. I'm taking a huge L on this. You're taking that silent L. My brother was over a couple months ago, and he works for Cisco. So for people who don't know, Cisco basically provides, you name it, probably, God knows, half the restaurants in the country's food. So he, he understands where it all comes from, all that. He deals with all that. He's in sales. He looks at my tuna. I go, look how cheap I get. Or he looks at my salmon. He goes, look how I go, look how cheap I get this. I go, and the packaging says 
uh, wild Norwegian Atlantic salmon. I said, he looks at, he goes, there's no way, whatever the price was. He goes, there's no way they caught this. This is not Norwegian salmon that you're getting that cheaply at Trader Joe's. It just, he goes, the price, he goes, something doesn't add up. He goes, I'm going to look into this because I have access to this stuff. Wow. So he says, also look, break this news. He, well, it's not even breaking. He goes, also look at the packaging. That's the first thing. So we flip it over. The sticker, I don't know how they advertise this. The sticker says wild Atlantic salmon. On the back says may contain dye to change the color. Also says may contain parts of tilapia. What? What? That is not wild salmon caught in the Atlantic or Norwegian coast. You're mixing it with other parts of a fish. And then he does the research and he talked to somebody and, and somebody who he needed to talk to. He's like, oh, yeah, dude, that's basically they're they're lying. They caught something somewhere. They're putting it all together in some factory. So I'm done with Trader Joe's salmon. And now I only use his companies because it's vacuum sealed and they know they can trace exactly where they caught it. And I'll buy and I buy it in bulk. So Trader Joe's, you are lying. And I'm calling you out. Stop advertising. Maybe they get away with it because the back or like Trader Joe's T-R-A-I-T-O-R. Yeah. Little homonym dis. Yeah. But even with Trader Joe's doing that, it's still a thousand times better. Homonym, homophone, one of them. Then Subway Tuna. Yeah. So Subway Tuna. Bro, fix your life. Guys, those are the calls for today. 310-359-8365. We have some more we'll hopefully get to next episode. Drop us a ring. Let us know what's on your mind. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Again, iTunes reviews. Leave an Instagram or Twitter handle. And if you don't have that, andyruther45 at gmail.com. At Joe Prano on lots of things. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Venmo, at Fix Your Life on Twitter. Uh, I did the Miller Lite thing yesterday, Andy. Yeah. They're Venmoing me $8 toward the six pack. Shout out to Miller Lite. You made the cut. Yeah. And was there, is there a cutoff? There's only 5,000 people who got that. Oh, what's up? Wow. Yeah. So shout out to Miller Lite and uh, keep drinking your Pilsners. Keep sending me pictures. I, my, I think my favorite thing at this point uh, and CT legendary Hall of Fame dirtball is like one of the leaders in the clubhouse of this, but Seeing seeing dirt balls golfing with a cold Miller Lite out on the course makes it just warms my heart. Yeah. So keep sending me your Miller Lite stuff. And uh, you know, that's it. That's all I got. Love it. Dirt balls. Thanks for sticking around. It was a long episode, but I think it was worth it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it as well. Have a great few days. We'll see you on Thursday. And as always, stay dirty.